live for another episode of Full Time Out presented by Kevin Two Times. Gotta say Two Times, uh, me and you have a lot of uh, different opinions <laughs> on this upcoming draft uh, with the prospects yep. <laughs> that, 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 that are about to get drafted. So we decided to make a top five um, for each position. And uh, for position, we mean guard, wing, and bigs. Because, yep. you know, nowadays it's so hard to to, to really uh, – pigeonhole somebody into like right. a shooting guard a point guard a small for like you know right. the it's game basketball. Is, exactly it's basketball it's evolving um so we decided to do a top five for for all three of those categories um and and let's go ahead and start with the guard position because to me it was the, the most interesting one yeah and um we will start out with uh going with our fifth one and go all the way up to, to our first one and yeah. i'll i'll let you go first on this one okay yeah. Brad? Uh, my fifth one, so number five guard, uh, and in my ranking, I have Nico Mannion from Arizona. Okay. Um, six, three point guard, not a huge wingspan, but amazing first step, really, mm-hmm. really good passer. He mm-hmm. has pretty good feel for the game, has nice form on the, on the jump shot. Um, he didn't have a great percentage at Arizona, but I mean, you can see that this kid can shoot the ball. He had a pretty solid free throw shooting percentage. So I think with, repetition the kid will only become a better shooter and you know will be a pretty good a solid player in the league i see him as a sort of a kirk heinrich you know slash yeah kirk heinrich probably kirk heinrich would be would be my closest comparison you know just a solid guard plays Mm -hmm. a few years in the league can defend and runs his offense really really well and he's just solid for, for a few years right um when I made my list, because I always like to, to to at least let the audience know what went through my mind or what was my thought process when, was make, when making the list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, when I made my list, I, I looked at a lot of things. But one of the things I looked at that I thought was very important was if um, that, that guard could be could play on and off the ball mm-hmm. um, at the next level. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, because I feel like it's important now. And a lot of these two guards nowadays are like six four, you know, in in, in the league. That's, exactly. That's, that's kind of small. So I'd like to see you uh, be able to, you know, uh, play on the ball. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. And so, so my fifth one, my fifth prospect, was one uh, I didn't really pay attention to him, um, throughout the season all the way up to the conference conference play because he's one of the best conference. It's uh, Jamie Jamis Ramsey. From Texas Tech, um, yeah. the, the the one thing about him too is is I can see him play a specific role in the NBA. Um, a, a kind of a um, yeah, let's do that. Let's do like a comparisons, like whenever we name a player. Yeah, I, I no, honestly, because it, it gives yeah. it gives the listeners you know a better insight on you know how, what we see in those guys. Yeah, right, right. He's kind of a he's kind of a Marcus Smart two point honestly. Like uh, he shot forty two percent from the three. Uh, he averaged fifteen four and two at Texas Tech. And he's a great defender. I was looking up some yeah. of his uh, highlights today. Uh, th- this guy, I think it was like the first two minutes of, of his highlights was straight blocks. Uh, you, you know, like you're going up against bigs, um, uh, you know, challenging them at the rim. Uh, but that, but that, the thing is, don't you feel – because, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of Texas Tech this year, and I really mm-hmm. – because I, I really like how they play, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. I just feel like – I don't think he really was that good at creating for other people. And he, no, he's he's yeah, he's not. That's the one thing about him. He's a straight scorer. Exactly. He looked look for his. 
But oh. at that height in the league, I mean, right? You hear me you out. You have you have to be able to, to you know to get but, other people involved. Hear me out, but that's my that's my thing though, and that's why I compared him to I can see him being a Mark and Smart because Marcus Smart doesn't pass the ball. You know what I mean? No, Marcus and, Smart. Well, Marcus he, Smart is. He's a no. He, he can run an offense though. He learned how to. He kind of learned how to do that. No, he didn't. Going, going to the league, he played a lot of point at at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State. Don't get me yes, wrong, but but going into the league, nobody saw him as a point guard. And and no, um, they saw him as a two guard, but they they probably overrated the scoring ability and underrated how much like of a brilliant defender and just. Right, but I don't think it's the case for Jameis. I don't think he needs to be able to make plays for a lot of guys. I think, I think he'll be able to, to 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 maybe you know, but even as, if it is bringing the ball up, you know, I feel like he can. There's a lot of point guards nowadays that don't really need to necessarily create for others in the NBA because they already have so many superstar creators. How, how many? I mean, there are a lot of guards that don't do it, and they're specialists. I mean, if you think about it, like a guy like. Our, our Montreal zone, Lou Gens. Uh-huh. I, I see, I see Jamius being a Lou Gens in the league. Right, but the only difference Where, is Jamius can shoot forty-two percent from the three. That's that's a lot. That means no, that says that, a lot. But you he's know? gonna be basically a smaller three and D guy. That's not a guy that can create for others and you know be trusted yeah. to run an offense. He's not gonna need to do that. He's 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 definitely not gonna need to do that. You know, I can see him be off the ball. You know, he's because he's he's kind of big. I understand he's six four. Yes, and he's not. He has. He doesn't have the size of a two guard, but you're not gonna really ask him to create for others. It's it's a little bit like, um, what's his name? I'm trying to think of a of a guard in the league that doesn't necessarily need to create. In terms there aren't of that assist. many, but especially there aren't that many that you've put as you know top okay. five ranking for a position. Like those guys have to be solid solid players in the league like this guy could end up really not making the league ever but, but that's a, yeah that's the thing with this draft though with this draft it, it's <laughs> the, the we were very limited in options right so w- when i look at, at a player that i really want to draft i got uh, to me it's like i think he could be a specialist i, I think it could be a a, a pest a defensive pest, you know, and a knockdown three-point shooter. It's like, okay, for example, Pat Beverly, that's another guard that he yeah. doesn't necessarily create for others. You know what I mean? But he'll, he'll, you know, he'll be held defensively. And Pat doesn't even shoot the ball that well from three, but he somehow survives in the league just, just off of but, 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 but I, Yeah, but I think Pat was slightly better scorer when he was at Arkansas than, you know, Jameis was. But Jameis is also a, a freshman. And that's yeah, exactly. Thing that I looked at, you know. Yeah, no, he is a freshman, and yeah. he's probably gonna co- be coming back and have a really solid year and be drafted in a first round next year. You don't that's think he's? Co- you think he's going this year? I don't think he's going. Oh, this he's year. gone. He is not. He is gone. Fifteen, fifteen, four and two in the in the Big Twelve as a freshman. I don't because, think he's staying there. I don't think because the thing is, I don't think he's gonna go first round. Yeah. I, I honestly. Really don't think he's gonna go first round. It's probably gonna go mid second round, and no way. That's no. when <laughs> you have to depend on the situation you're in. Like, is this guy like? And I think his best comparison would probably be right now, from what he is, like a Terrence Davis Jr. that plays for Toronto. Okay, I can see that. There's a lot of those. 
Exactly, and, but that's fine. But you don't draft those guys in the first round. And he's the, a freshman. You got to draft him. In but the first what's his what's his real ceiling? Like, is he gonna be that much better than this? Like, he hasn't displayed any that much feel for the game to be like, you know, I can run an offense through him. You draft those guys in the first round as freshmen because you're like, you know what? Eventually, that guy's gonna become a primary option in my offense, not to be a role player that you could find in the second round or in the undrafted kids. Do you know what you don't draft in the first round? What you a, don't? A point guard that you can't rely on. And you can't rely on, on Nico. And that's why I'm oh like, my I'm, God. I'm going, I'm <laughs> going, I'm going to go for somebody that's going to be a role play. You, How, you, why, why can't you rely on Nico Mannion? Not as my starting point guard. I'm sorry. You don't draft a, a point guard in the first round that so, you don't think he's going to start. You don't. So after, after three or four years in the league, Nico Mannion is not going to be a starting point guard in no. the league? He's not. Never. No, maybe uh, late in his career. So Nico Mannion wouldn't be able to have a career like, say, a Fred Van Vliet. No. Oh my. I think Fred. I think Fred is so much better than him. Yes, obviously. Right now, you're looking at Fred that played in the finals last year and was arguably even in one college. Of the Fred. Best. Fred was amazing in college, but look at Fred Van Vliet first year in college. Look at his second, like his second year, he started to be really good. His his first year, he was a he was a backup. Um, which is the state they made it to the final four but he was a backup guard yeah but he became really really solid and probably was the best point guard in college ball like his last two years but i i I told you my problem with with nico because here's the thing with james he he won't have to make a lot of decisions on the court it'll be a little bit like you said uh with dort is you go out there you play hard you know what i mean you go out there you play hard you make shots but those guys don't really have high ceilings and that's not that's, what I'm asking for as for this for, draft. For, for this draft, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking for somebody with high ceiling. I'm asking for somebody who's going to have longevity and a long career. And if I draft, he's going to be able to help my organization for 10 No, 10 I, I understand years. we're looking for pretty good role players. But the thing is, you can have a solid guy that knows how to play the game, that's a pretty good point guard already, that's shown the abilities to create for others, to get a shot off against probably any defender, and that is really a quick first step versus a guy that sometimes scores in bunches and can defend. You know what? Me, me and you will always disagree on Nico Mannion because I just don't think we see the same thing when it comes to him. When In terms of, of, of being a prospect, I don't think any NBA team will give him the keys next year as a starting point. Not guard. next year. I'm not Unless, talking about next year. I'm saying... But, uh, but I'm saying... By I'm, the end of his rookie contract... Nico Mannion could play 25 minutes in the NBA per game. Whew. Man, toughest Ryan, position Ryan Archie Diacono plays 25 minutes For a Chicago, game in the NBA. Chicago Bulls. You're talking about the Bulls. And he barely plays a point. Kobe White plays What do you mean point. he barely? He plays the point. And the thing is, you know why? Because Archie Diacono can make a pass. And he pass in any offense. And he can shoot the ball. And he can shoot the ball and defend. Exactly like Nico Mannion. No, Nico not has, exactly. Like Nico, Nico has more talent than Archie Diacono. No, way more talent. He, he's not. A, I told you, decision making is too off for me. I don't think he. Because I don't think only because you see one of two, one or two floaters that you didn't like. No, or, it's not only no one or two. I, <laughs> it's that happens multiple times. You know, what I mean, those are those are those are habits. Those are not. Habits. I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think he has a good feel for the game. He I, has I great feel for the game. And you know, you know, really who, you know who's a better, 
better prospect than him, and I actually have him on my list too. Yeah, who? His 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 man Josh Green. I think he's gonna have Josh a much Green is better. A better prospect than Nico Mannion. I yeah. I know that. So I don't think, and I don't think the Arizona team. Remember how we talked about those guys that were really good, good NCAA teams. They had more than two legit NBA players for a reason, and they, it wasn't an accident. And that Arizona team wasn't uh, nothing special. And I don't think the, their their backcourt, two of them are gonna be um, ex- but, uh, legit but NBA players. They're you know gonna I mean? be two role players. I mean, that like I'm not sure. Yeah, they're gonna. I'm be not sure. I'm not sure. They the didn't backcourt. have depth. I mean, they weren't good those, enough. Among those three freshmen, they scored the most points in like Arizona history for for two or something like that. We'll see. It, it didn't, and then uh, translate into wins. Oh, well, no, they had a pretty good record. And they, I don't think they lost a single game by double digit this year. Well, I wish so, they had the tournament. Because like I said, I don't think Arizona was one of those teams. We, we no, I don't think they were one of the teams that would have gone far. But at the same time, like those kids were talented enough to take a team that was a dumpster fire uh, last year to a respectable squad this year. Arizona don't have doesn't have a two their backcourt are not two starting play NBA players. That's not right now. They're not two start like those guys are gonna take time to be really good NBA players, but they're gonna be good NBA players eventually. If, if I believe that they, if if they gave him those that that time. You get what I'm saying? Like if I mean, yeah, to stay long enough you league. have you have to be patient. Like in this draft, if you're not patient, all of those guys could be bust. And and it's hard to be patient with a point guard. I'm telling you, it's hard. You can you no, can put Jameis out it's there. The hard, it's the hardest position to learn in the NBA. So that, that's what I mean. So if you don't get it fast enough, they'll go and look for the next point guard. You know what I mean? And they're gonna wait. They're gonna wait two three years and see if you develop. Oh properly. my God! You think they wait two three years on Nico? Yes, they're gonna be patient with Nico. Okay. Especially on. because he's gonna showcase stuff once <laughs> to, to make you think. You know what? This guy is an NBA player. I can't wait. I can't wait to prove to prove you wrong on this one. He's your he's your Marcus Mark Markel Fultz. He's your Markel Fultz. Okay, let's guy. not let's not. <laughs> Markel was a canvas prospect. Mar- Markel was basically the perfect guard for today's NBA. If oh, he hadn't lost his jump shot to to injury. Markel would have been an all-star by now. It's such a big if. It's like well, what do you mean? If, Iverson, if Iverson was 6'7", he'll be no, the great No, he had a jump shot. It was a different play <laughs> that mean, got drafted that ended up playing in the NBA. It's, yeah. it's a completely different, like, story. Like, it's actually one of the saddest stories we've had. I hope he really <laughs> gets back his skill because, I mean, that guy was amazing. Yeah, he was. All right, let's move on. Give me your fourth best prospect in the guard. Yeah, my fourth, my fourth best prospect. I, I really, th- I really like him. Um, you know, you know how much I, I put trust in, you know, maybe too much trust in the uh, USA basketball. How these guys mm-hmm. perform and how they look, how they look to me when mm-hmm. I see them in the international the stage. And uh, this kid, Tyrese Alliburton, who played at Iowa State, okay. he was the starting point guard for the U19 team, uh, and he shared a backcourt with Kid Cunningham. So. I actually saw him with another NBA prospect, you know, playing off the ball, playing on the ball, and he's on. He was a sophomore this year, right? He was a sophomore this year. Uh-huh. He's one of the best passers I've ever seen. Okay. This guy is like a magic playmaker. Uh-huh. You know, he 
He, can, he makes timely passes. He can see over the defense on time, on target. He always like, – and he doesn't really have a jump shot. That's the only reason I put him fourth because otherwise I think he'd be my number one kid because mm-hmm. his ability to pass – like he passes people open. Mm-hmm. You know when there's a difference, right? We know that. You know, you yeah. pass into open spots and you pass people open. So where, where do you receive the ball? It's a catch and shoot and they don't have to worry about anything else. They just catch and mm-hmm. finish because they pass into an open spot. Yeah. He does that all the time. He has incredible feel for the game, like a 6'11 wingspan. Mm-hmm. He's about 6'6". Six, six. You know, he's got great height, great length. He's pretty athletic. I have a hard time coming up with a comparison, honestly. Cause go first, ahead and say it. No, no, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> stupid. Yeah, go ahead and, and say Michael Carter-Williams. No, I, I, <laughs> you can I, say it. <laughs> I thought about Carter-Will, but Carter-Will didn't have this much vision. Okay. He, He has Lonzo-type vision. How about the handle? The handle is pretty tight because that's one of the things because Lonzo had, we always thought, had shaky handles. Yeah. He, he never really wanted to be that, that aggressive to attack the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, same for Carter Will. Carter Will had a pretty loose handle. Mm-hmm. But this kid, like, he kind of has the ball on the string and he's really able to do certain things. Like, he's... Yo, I'm gonna. He's gotta go. find one. This is a comparison. He's, he's a poor man, Jason Kidd. Okay, I'll take it. Because the ability to find people in transition and just to maneuver with the pick and roll without a jump shot, mm-hmm. uh, and find people open and find really always find the right situation to to make guys better and put them in a better position. I I think it's yeah. J, J kid like I didn't want to say Magic Johnson because that's blasphemous. But yeah, yeah. But he really has great vision. He really sees. If you had to put him on one team, right now, think he'd shine the most. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'd probably put him with the Hornets in Charlotte. Get rid of Detay and no and Terry. Play, play those three guys together because he had he really has length. And so mm-hmm. probably play those two guys off the ball because they can shoot it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And just have him create and find people. Yeah. I so he's a, he's a pick and roll maestro. Yeah. Uh, he's, really, he's really amazing. Okay. And yeah, he's I've, seen, I've seen a few games of him. I was pretty impressed. He's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah, he is. And he plays the heart as well. Exactly. And he, he defends really well. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's another thing. Like, The fact that you put Jameis, I'm not totally against it because in last year's draft, I thought people people really put a premium on shooting. But one of the things people have to think about in today's NBA is guarding dribble penetration. Yeah. yeah. And being able to guard dribble penetration is a real skill because most of the better teams have mm-hmm. guards that can create off the bounce. Nice. If you have somebody that can limit those people, then you're, you have – an ultimate advantage right there. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that I think is going to be a plus defender. He's, he's not, still not a great on-the-ball defender. He's mm-hmm. getting there, but he has the length to bother people, and he's an amazing off-the-ball defender. So but I think he's interesting that his basketball IQ eventually is going to make him really just a plus defender in the NBA. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. I'm, I can't even be mad at that one. Um, for, my, for my fourth one, I went with Tyrell Terry 
Uh, we've talked about him a little bit. Yeah. And 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 we we've discussed how he probably needs another year, but I watched I, I was watching some of his highlights, and you know what? I I'll tell him to go this year if I was him because um one of the things that that motivated me putting him at fourth was just his his he. He honestly reminds me of Curry a little bit. You've told me that first. Remember, you, you had told yeah. me that a few months ago. But just, just a little bit like his his IQ and the way he takes the game. It's like he's always on the move as well. You know, just little things like that that I'm like, okay, he's probably ahead of his time as a freshman. Um, just not, you know, staying in one place sometimes. A lot of kids just do that. Even though yeah. the offense runs through him, it's like he's always on the move looking for his shot. Uh, he keeps – like, he's small, right? He's like six foot one, 160. Yeah, he's really small. He's really small, but like I see guys like you know, and don't get me wrong, Trey Young is really strong. Actually, he's actually pretty strong, but but you know he's tiny. Yeah, so no, but the thing like to have like narrow shoulders is one of the things. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. looks, he looks like a little kid, you know. Right, he's he's tiny, and but if he's able to just like I said, just uh, stay on the move, you know, be able to utilize screen. Um, Maybe tying up his ball handling a little bit. Uh, I think I think he can actually be a pretty good point guard. I think he has a higher ceiling than Nico Mannion. You know, if I if I have to once again this year's draft, in this year's draft, I don't know about any other, but if I have to, you know, outside I'm outside the lottery and, and I'm kind of able to like take a gamble, I I'd probably take him over uh, Nico Mannion because it's but, not like either of either of those two are going to be starting for NBNT next year. No, for sure not. And, but the thing is, I think Nico is probably more ready to compete in the NBA right now than Tyler Terry is. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, he's really not that good of a defender. No. And that's a, that's a big thing. Because, like, like, for instance, Trae. like, we look at a Trey Young, he's probably one of the worst defenders we've ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Trey Young is, like, an offense into himself. Yeah. And that was one of the things that stood out when we first saw him at Oklahoma. It was just like, oh, like, this guy's like Steph Curry and Steve Nash mixed together, basically. Yeah. He was already that good. Like, because I, I remember people were telling me, oh, yeah, this Trey Young kid, this Trey Young kid. And I saw him at the UAT and I was like, okay, he's pretty good. He's pretty skilled. But he was overshadowed by Markel. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him at Oklahoma, I was like, this kid is better than Steph Curry was at the same age. Yeah. He, he really, really was but much better than Steph was because he was so crafty with his handles and he was so good at reading the defense that th- those are two things. Like, I think Tyler is probably better at finishing around the rim than Trey was. Mm-hmm. But his handle is still really, really shaky to me. Yeah, he, he definitely has to work on that. Um. And if you're going to be such a liability on defense in the NBA because he doesn't have the size, he doesn't have the strength to be able to guard people in the NBA properly, then you have to really be, like, be really, really good offensively to do that, to be yeah. able to be put on the floor, to not just be like, oh, well, we're going to attack this guy every time and he's not going to be a plus on the other hand. And so that's why I, I, I'm not sure about putting him in, in the top five. And but here's the and here's the thing with with my top five as well is is I'm also looking at the the high ceiling, you know. It's like I understand what you're saying with Nico. With Nico, he's probably like one of the safest guard picks, you know, in terms of like okay, I'm like I know I can't, what I'm I can't, I can't re- yeah I can't really mess up this bad 
on mm-hmm. his evaluation. You get what I'm saying? But yeah. but I'm not going with for that this year in this year's draft because But but that that's the thing though. Like that's contradicting yourself now. Because earlier you said about Jamius, you're not looking for a high ceiling, you're looking for role players. But the thing is, that's exactly what Tyler Terry, what no, no, role I, can he play instead of just being the number one player in your offense when his skill level, we're not sure, is going to be that high to be able to I'm compete sure. in the league in the next two years. No, what I was, what I was saying earlier is a, a guy like Jamius, I can see him and see a, a being, uh, have, having a role. You know, not necessarily being a role player, but having a role because um, that's important. Like, even like a guy like, like Tyrell Terry, I can see him have a role in the league, like being a point guard, being a knockdown shooter. You know, maybe he can't defend really, but, but Nico, I, I don't really see it. It's like, what is he going to do out there for me on the court? And, and that's what I mean He's by that. He's going to run your offense. I know, I know, but I don't think so. That's what I mean. Like, I know Jameis is going to be out there and defend. I know Tyrell's going to knock down threes. How, I don't how know. can you not think so when you have actual examples in the league of guys not as talented as Nico running offenses in, in the NBA? Like who? You have TJ McConnell running an offense. He's a but good we, backup we, point guard for Indiana. But, you have uh, Archie Giacono running an offense in the, the NBA. The two guys you're just naming right now are, are like, like we said, like two in a, in a lifetime. It, it's like, it's, it's no, hard. No, but you have, you have J- Jalen Bronson is pretty good, but you know, Look at his first year at Villanova. He wasn't as good as Nico Mannion was. And, and, and Jalen Bronson can shoot. I, I don't Nico know. Mannion can I shoot. No, he can't. Yes, he, he can. No, he, he can't really. Oh, my. Not a, not a consistent he level. Great. He has a good phone, but he, not a, a consistent level. It's not like he It, it really was it. a result of the type of offense that they ran at, at Arizona. I'm pretty sure if Nico Mannion would have been in any other offense, it would have been... Like you would have seen him as a pretty good shooter. As how? A shooter. How can you he blame had no spacing? Guy, how can you blame a kid's percentage? You, you could literally key in percentage. on. You could really literally key in on guys on Josh Green, and on Nico because they they packed like they usually play two bigs. You didn't necessarily only have Zeke Naji in, inside, so that means that teams can pack in and come out on shoot and and basically close out on shooter easy, easily because there's less spacing. When you play throughout, you have much more spacing to attack, kick, swing, and you have an open look. I don't, I, Arizona wasn't really good and wasn't to his advantage. I don't know what he's done to you, but I, I just don't, I don't think we've seen the same thing. I, but I, you know, I've like, seen him in different, like I've seen him at the, at the European U16 two years, uh, yeah, three years ago. He was really good. He scored like, he had a 40-point game against Serbia. I mean, you know how I feel about them 16 games that you bring out. <laughs> you know how I feel about those 16 games. <laughs> But the thing is, they don't, But, they don't lie in certain facets of your game. If you have feel for the game, if you have nice form and can shoot, those things don't lie. That's where, that's Nico, what I'm Nico really is not, uh, uh, and he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, he, I think he's a, He's a he's not a starting point guard, and probably in, in three or four years after his rookie contract, um, let's say maybe he might you know he hangs that long because he's on a bad team. But the really thing care. with Tyrell Ty- 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 Terry, I don't even think he's an NBA player right now. But the 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 time when he will become an NBA player is going to be is going to be scary, and he's going to last in the league. Yes, eventually, but he needs 
another like he really but I don't develop. it's like guys get really guys get really really better in the summer and that's another thing like I'd Yo, like to no, honestly, like, and I, I don't necessarily necessarily look at a guy and it's like okay he needs a whole another year maybe it's just like okay you look back you, you look back at the old tapes you got a whole summer to work on your stuff and who knows a guy comes out I mean, with this coronavirus thing right now, it's like, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of these guys is, is you know, they're not going to be able to put in the work, but, you know, a guy like him, you, 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 who knows, you know, you, you have him to spend a whole time, a full summer with a professional trainer, you know, where he works out two, three times a day, he might be ready by summer league. And no, and, and, and I totally get that because, I mean, a guy that can shoot that well has probably spent a lot of time working by himself. So he's going to spend yeah. time on his game and working on his weaknesses, but he's not going to become six foot four and 195 pounds out of a sudden. The no. kid is, has a slight frame, so he's going to need to work more on just like, yes, his skill level can get better, and that's going to make him more of an attractive prospect, but the downside is, who is he going to be able to guard in the league if he's not that good of an offensive player? He'll figure it out. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> also, I want all those kids to be really good. Right. Okay, let's move on. Give me your third one. Uh, my third one is probably the guy that's been considered a consensus number one pick. But, you know, we've talked about it. I think, you know, one of our first conversations we have uh, in this format is, you know, yes, there's high ceiling, but there's also really, really low floors. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards, to me, has a really, really low floor because mm -hmm. of his lack of feel for the game. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I haven't seen him be that good of a passer. Um, yeah. Hasn't really, you know, exactly. He hasn't really created for others. Has, wasn't able to really make those Georgia teammates better. Like, he could score, and he could score in one-on-one -on -one situations against anybody because he's such an, a freak athletically. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to know how to play basketball to last in this league and to be a really, really good player. Yeah. And that's one thing is going to be, you know, he's going to need to work on because otherwise, if, if he's able to work on those things and, you know, develop some kind of, you know, creativity and, and feel for the game, mm -hmm. he's going to be an all-star. But if, right. if he doesn't and that stays to the level where it's at now, because those are things that are hard to work on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a matter of watching tapes and, you know, recognizing situations better and better and developing a certain basketball IQ. And if he's not able to do that, then, yeah, this guy's gonna not going to be a good NBA player at all. Yeah. What's his low ceiling? I told you already. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm forgetting, though. You, uh, you, oh, yeah. Remember, you don't remember I, I said Josh Selby? <laughs> oh, yeah. How tall is he, by the way? 6'4"? 6'3", 6'4". Yeah, that's dangerous. Exactly. That's, he's, he's not that dangerous. big. I mean, he has, you know, he has a large frame, but he's not that tall. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's dangerous. He, he's definitely going to have a better field. He, he, he will need a better field, maybe a, a better pick. Because D-Wade survived a lot off the pick and roll. Maybe work on his pick and roll, too, a lot. Exactly. Uh -oh. And, yeah, work on going left. Cause yeah. Left's go right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's my third one as well. He's my third prospect okay. as well. Um, guard prospect. Uh, I like him a lot. Though. I like him a lot. I like his ceiling a lot. Yeah. Um, he's very athletic. Um, I think I mean, physically there's nothing to say about him. Right. He has like a perfect guard body for yeah. today's NBA. Yeah. 
really, which really is why, does. Which is why I think I love him so much as a prospect. Um, but like you said, the field is, is almost everything in the league, you know, because there's a lot of athletes out there. You got exactly. to be able to make the right player. Exactly. Otherwise, you're going to be a role player. But, you know, mm-hmm. he's, I don't think he's been used to, you know, to being, yeah. a, to be being a, role a role player. player. Yeah. Which is why his ceiling might be low. Yeah. All right. You can move on to your second one. My second one is uh, Killian A's. Okay. You know, a prospect, you know, I had my eye on him also since he was 16 years old because he played at the same European U16 uh, that Nico played in. And he, mm-hmm. he, was, he was by far the best player in that Euro U16 that year. Mm-hmm. Um, in U17, he played really well at the World Championship. But the thing is, his championship game against the U.S., I thought he was the best guard on the floor. He had the most skills. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I didn't feel like he had the intensity and the mindset to be like, you know, I'm going to crush these, these guys that I don't think are that good. Mm-hmm. Like, gave me a little bit, some cold feet about him because I was right. like, how much of a competitor he, oh, yeah. he really is. Because, you know, and we know which some of those guys that come up in the French system, they don't, like, they teach you how to really play the game well, but the intensity, mm-hmm. the intensity factor sometimes, like, like, you have guys like, you know, Boris Diaw and Nicola Batum that came in the league that were probably mm-hmm. as talented as anybody in the league. Yeah. But didn't have that same mentality, like dog mentality to be able to, to crush people in the league that like they mm-hmm. should have, you know. Mm-hmm. Really only Tony Parker had it and, you know, he was cut from a different cloth. Yeah. So and- that, that's what, that was my issue with Killian. Otherwise, I think I would have put him at, as a number one prospect because he, he has it all for a guard. You know what, K Black? He's uh he's actually my favorite prospect in this in this draft. So you I I think I, I didn't I didn't put him one because Okay. You put him two as well? Yeah, I put him two as well. Okay. I didn't put him at one because I think Lamelo Ball is the number one prospect in this draft overall. Yeah. Um, um but close the to thing, it. but the thing is the the, the thing is Lamelo the same issue that you see in Killian is the same thing that I see in Lamelo. A little bit of his of his killer instinct. We've seen Lamelo in big games. Don't get me wrong. We've seen him in big games. We've seen him take over. We've seen it, we see we've seen him not being afraid. But we he can he can kind of be lackadaisical sometimes. Yeah. Out there on the floor. Exactly. And 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 but Killian, man, I love him. I really love his game. Like when I tell you, he reminds me of of uh, of D'Angelo Russell. Like so there's much. a lot of Dilo in him. There's it's a, a lot, lot of Dilo. Like, you know, even if it's change of pace, I see him. Yeah. Um, you know, going through a ball screen, they, they even kind of have like the same kind of like that cross between cr- cross between combo. Yeah. Before, before you know setting up a player. Yeah, the cross um, between combo yeah. where they go low and they just yeah. do the, a little bit of the shoulder, the hip thing. Right. Trying and to go by the guy. You know. Right. That's I really like his game and he's he really like I watched a lot of his highlights. He's he, he's rarely out of control. Yeah. You know he he, he uses his, um, his jump stop and he makes the the right play, like you know, his his feel that it for the game is good. He won't try to do the 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 highlight reel, you know. No, he just like sees guys where they're supposed to be and just right. you know, yeah, makes the right play every single time. Right, every single time he'll make the right play, and uh, just just him, honestly, you know, having those those three years of playing professionally, uh, I think that's a huge advantage, man, especially at the point guard. You know, I think I know he didn't play a lot, you know, in Pro A, and he he played more with the junior team. But you know, just being around these guys every day, learning how to be a pro, that that helps a lot. Yeah, no, nah. I like him. 
I like him, and I think he should be a top five pick. I, I think so too. I think he, he definitely should be a top five pick. Um, What's his ceiling? Again, what do you mean in ceiling? Well, he, I his think he, he can be an all star in the league. Okay. Okay. I think he can be an all star, and it's one of the few guys. I don't think there there are that many guys. It's probably you know five guys in this draft, mm-hmm. or six if you if you include uh, Anthony. Yeah. That. You know, that can, and that's honestly, that's not bad. I mean, we've seen worse drafts, but the issue is there's no can't miss guy. Yeah. So there's yeah. not that prospect where you say to yourself, you know what, this guy is guaranteed. Like, he's too good to fail. Mm-hmm. There's not that guy. All of those guys have really, really, really huge flaws that mm-hmm. could cost them down the line and, you know, and them not reaching their full potential. But no, I, I honestly really like him. He, the thing, the thing about him is that he sees everybody on the court, yeah, and is able to make that exact play that he sees, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of people can see, but not a whole lot of people can throw the pass. Mm-hmm. He can throw any pass. Yeah. A, a little bit like Halliburton, but the difference between him and Halliburton is that he can shoot yeah. as well off the dribble, off the catch. I mean, he has all the skills out. He can't really go right. I mean, but that's fine. You know, right. he's going to be able to work on it in the league. But yeah, no, he, he has it all. He really has it all. So, so we agree in that our number one guard prospect is uh, Lamelo Ball. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. Right. Okay, we can move on. We can move yeah. on. To the, <laughs> we can move on to the Wings. We don't need to talk about Lamelo. I mean, yeah, people have seen him since he was yeah. like twelve years old. <laughs> right. Right. This was part one of our draft prospects breakdown. You can listen to part two on our full timeout feed. Enjoy.